We gather here to worship, to seek the truth, to grow in love, to join in service, to celebrate life's beauty and find healing for its pain, to honour our kinship with each other and with the earth, to create a more compassionate world beginning with ourselves, to wonder at the mystery that gave us birth, to find courage for the journey's end, and to listen for the wisdom that guides us in the quietness of this moment. So, good morning, everyone, and welcome here to Essex Church, home of Kensington Unitarians. We meet here each Sunday and at different times during the week. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Janine, and I'm a member of this congregation and part of the themed ministry team. And I'll be leading today's service whilst our minister, Sarah, is away until next week. I'd like to take this opportunity to say a special welcome to anyone who's here for the first time today. And also to people who will be listening to this service on a podcast in the future. So now I invite those from our children's group to come up and light our chalice, our symbol of our worldwide liberal religion, connecting us to Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist fellowships, meeting houses, sanctuaries and churches. And as our children's group speak their words, let our chalice flame connect us to our Unitarian identity and what that means for each of us here. We are the church of the open mind. We are the church of the loving heart. We are the church of the helping hands. This little story, which is different from the title on your order of service, is a story I first heard told by a Unitarian Universalist minister on one of their podcasts. And I understand it to be from the mystical Muslim tradition, the Sufi tradition. So one day, a Sufi teacher and his student were walking along the road. They were talking together and the teacher was departing spiritual wisdom. And like any faithful learner, the student was listening attentively, taking it all in. Suddenly, out of nowhere, a carriage came speeding along next to them. So close to them it was that they had to jump into a ditch to not get run over. Having landed in a heap, the teacher dusted himself off, looked over to the fast disappearing carriage, raised his hand in the air and said, May all your deepest desires be fulfilled. The student Dusting himself off, was puzzled by what he'd heard, and he asked, How can you bless those people after what they did? They almost killed us, and they didn't even stop to see if we were okay. Making their way back onto the road to continue their journey, the teacher replied, Do you think that these people would go about, go about acting like this? 
and treating people this way if their deepest desires were fulfilled? And the student understood. And for him, that was the most valuable lesson he learned that day. So there's our story. The children like to go off for their entertainment. Whilst we here prepare our bodies, hearts and minds for a time of prayer and reflection. Universal spirit of life and love, as we think back to our candles of joy and concern, we acknowledge the variables in life experienced by all, the things which people have spoken, and those things held privately within of concerns and celebrations. In our hurting and broken world, assist us to find ways that enable healing, as we have been hurt by others at times. And know too that we have been like the coach driver in our story, doing things which cause unintentional hurt to others. Help us to hold our mistakes in the awareness of compassionate self-understanding. And let us take a few moments now to send our prayers and loving thoughts silently to those people and places in our world which need it most today. And may we remember the gifts of life, the blessings, the times and places where our deepest wishes have been fulfilled, and give thanks in our day-to-day for those things. May we be helped to live life more fully and live in ways most deeply aligned with our best selves for the greater good of all. So may it be. Amen. This short reading by Unitarian Universalist minister Robert Walsh encompasses a thought-provoking question about what it might take to convict a person of having a particular faith. In the newsletter, there was a story about a seminary professor in Kansas City who was put on trial by the Southern Baptists, accused of being a universalist. 
It's no wonder they were suspicious. He has stated publicly his belief that all people born into the world are children of God. And, if, and as if that were not enough, he also supported the ordination of women. Case closed. The professor denied the charges. I'm not a universalist, he said, and he convinced them. After four hours of deliberation, they voted 21 to 11 to let him keep his job. Now, I confess to being a universalist. In fact, I am a Unitarian universalist. But I wonder, if I were arrested and charged with being one, would there be enough evidence to convict me? The Kansas City story proves that having the right beliefs is not enough to convict. The professor believed that we are all siblings, that every person has a piece of the divine spark, that women are the equals of men in the sight of God. That was not enough to bring a guilty verdict. No. If they are going to pin Unitarian Universalism on me, they will have to be able to show that I participated in and supported a Unitarian Universalist church. That's the only way to be sure. Beliefs, no matter how noble, must be embodied in a living institution or they will have no convicting power. We have a um, responsive reading now, and the words are on your yellow cream beige <laughs> insert sheet. Um, and it's entitled, Let Religion Be to Us um, Life and Joy. And it's by um, Vincent Silliman, and you're invited to join in by speaking the words in italics, if you wish to do so. Let religion be to us life and joy. Let it be a voice of renewing challenge to be the best we have and may be. Let it be a call to generous action. Let religion be to us a dissatisfaction with things that are, with bits of equally true and right. Let it be the sorrow that opens for us the way of sympathy, understanding and service to suffering humanity. Let religion be to us the wonder and law of that, which is only partly known and understood, an eye that glories in nature's majesty and beauty, and a heart that rejoices in deeds of kindness and of courage. Let religion be to us security and serenity because of its truth and beauty and because of the enduring worth and power of the loyalties which it engenders. Let it be to us hope and purpose 
and a discovering of opportunities to express our best through daily tasks. Religion united us with all that is admirable in everywhere, holding before our eyes a prospect for the better life of humankind, which each may help to make actual. Thank you. As the hopeful ending of those words echo in our minds, let us settle in to listen to some reflective music and singing, which will be followed by a few minutes of shared silence, and that silence will come to an end with three chimes from our bell.
So this month we're getting into our theme of the religious life which Jane started off on Thursday night at the Heart and Soul Gathering. And as always with our monthly themes, we'll be looking at it from different perspectives over the weeks. I love Unitarianism. I love its inclusivity and the way it draws on wisdom from various sources, from world religions to philosophy, science to New Age spirituality, popular culture to counterculture thinking. But with such a breadth of sources to delve into, Unitarianism is often thought of as a religion which is ungrounded and scratches the surface of things without the core and substance to allow people to go more deeply. And with a growing Western society's approach to what might be called spiritual shopping, of being able to buy the latest gurus, top-selling book one week, getting tickets to see the leading spiritual teacher the next week, choosing from a large catalogue of retreats spanning a multitude of faiths and disciplines, all without making a long-term or even any ongoing commitment. I can see why it's easy for people to think of Unitarianism in much the same way. But with Unitarianism being a religion with such a rich and long history of over 600 years, there is so much scope and opportunity for us to go deeper into our own commitment of what Unitarianism means for us. For our chalice lighting today, the children's group said the prayer along with the actions which they light their children's chalice with. We are the church of the open mind. We are the church of the loving hand, um, heart. We are the church of the helping hands. A very simple and easy way to think of what the Unitarian religion stands for. Our openness of mind to exploring the wisdom from many beliefs, having questions, not always with distinct answers, and allowing our spiritual and religious journeys to unfold and change as we unfold and change. Our loving hearts coming together in community with each other, striving to put the love for humanity above cultural, sexual, gender, age, class, bodily ability, race, theist, atheist beliefs, or any other differences we may have with each other and using our hands, our actions to help others and work for equality and justice in our world. The reading we heard earlier, um, which Brian read, of the seminary professor in Kansas being accused of being a universalist and put on trial by the Southern Baptists posed an intriguing question about how someone evidences they are part of a religious institution or not. Robert Walsh writes, the Kansas City story proves that having the right beliefs is not enough. And then later writes the quote we've taken for the order of service saying, beliefs, no matter how noble, must be embodied in a living institution 
or they will have no convicting power. Our actions, what we do, how we live day to day as part of our spiritual or religious lives is an important factor in expressing and evidencing our faith. The Sufi story we heard at the beginning about the teacher and the student being run off the road by someone carelessly driving a carriage and the mystical teacher's response being to bless the carriage driver rather than curse was one of the ways he evidenced his commitment to his spiritual tradition. What about us? How can we go deeper, commit to and evidence our spirituality and religiosity within this living Unitarian tradition and institution? How do you? There are so many possibilities and ways to commit more deeply to our spiritual growth within this worldwide faith, even simply by reading books about Unitarianism or borrowing books from the library we have downstairs. We can go to events held by the wider Unitarian movement, such as going to the annual GA meetings, the annual Fuse weekends or the summer school week. And if not wanting or able to travel further afield, there are often other events here during the week or after Sunday services, such as our How to Be a Unitarian course or our Heart and Soul gatherings or even our new Green Spirit group if those type of things take your fancy. And something I do sometimes, especially if I'm not able to attend a service in person, is listen to services from Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist congregations via their podcasts, YouTube channels, or live stream online facilities. All inspiring, guiding, supporting us in embodying and living our spirituality, both within and outside of these walls. And of course, I know, leading busy lives as many of us do, Sunday morning for some of us is all that we have, and coming here as often as we're able to is what we can do, and it's how we commit. And that's valuable too, as everyone who attends helps to create and enrich this community and contributes to this living, growing and ever-changing tradition. So to end with, I'm going to ask you a similar question from our reading that we heard to invite, and invite you to ponder it over the next few days or even over the next month whilst we explore this theme of the religious life. If someone said that you were not affiliated or connected to Unitarianism or Unitarian Universalism in any way, how would you evidence otherwise?
at some point, as the answers bubble up for you during this month, you may choose to share what you came up with, and in doing so, may spark ideas for others, helping them in their deeper commitment themselves. We may not all be able to bless those who run us off the road, but I'm sure that there is something that each of us here has brought to the table of commitment to our own spiritual lives in a Unitarian way. Happy may you ponder. Amen. Unitarian Universalist Minister William E. Gardiner wrote, we all have two religions, the religion we talk about and the religion we live. It is our task to make the difference between the two as small as possible. So as we go into the week ahead, let us live those things which bring our spiritual and religious lives to life so that we may go deeper with our commitments and be of service to all we meet. May you go in peace and blessed be. Amen.